0: God, I want to thank you for these moments that we get to share, even though uh, we're not in a physical building, Lord. Uh, we're not all together, uh, but we can still meet online, Lord, uh, and you can still move and you can still speak to us, even in seasons like this, uh, where things are unorthodox, world's a little bit crazy. God, you still move and you still care, and we still have room, even when we feel distant from you, to come back and say, hey, God, I just want you... I thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. All right. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, it's great to be here. It's great to be online. I'm, I'm stoked to be able to come and talk to you guys today. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird thing being online and talking to a camera, but you know, we're going to roll with it. Um, yeah, it was super awesome that Micah could come in today and just be a part of it. Uh, kind of like how he suddenly called me out for saying that he couldn't grow facial hair but didn't actually mention my name at all that's cool no worries (laughs) so we're just gonna get right into it today uh and so i'm gonna start with a verse comes from matthew chapter 11 we're gonna begin in verse 4 and it says after jesus had finished finished instructing his 12 disciples he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of galilee when john who was in prison heard about the deeds of the messiah we're going to pray again here. God, again, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this space that we get to come and meet. God, I pray that uh, you'll just come and you'll speak to us, Lord. Uh, I pray that these moments that we share together, Lord, isn't aren't just moments that just stay here, Lord, but affect our day-to-day and uh, our weeks to come. And we thank you in your name. Amen. All right. Uh, so... I don't know if you're like me, but I spend a lot of time on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist. Uh, I'm pretty much always looking at cars because I, you know, dream of actually buying cars and fixing them and working on them, but I don't actually have the space to do that. So it's kind of more just like empty dreams. Uh, But every now and then uh, I'll see like a post on, on Facebook for like some car. It's like a crappy 2004 Honda Civic uh that this kid's put like a fat spoiler on or whatever and he's trying to sell it for like seven thousand dollars but it's not even worth like one <laughs> uh, and uh i always look at these people and i'm like man you gotta be kidding me there's like no way that you think you could get seven thousand dollars for your pick and pull find <laughs> and you know like it's kind of funny because like i say that but i'm actually one of those people too i remember uh Actually, I remember, I say it like it was a long time ago. Six months ago, I had a a 1986 Ford F 150, uh, and this truck was an absolute beauty. Uh, 140,000 clicks on its original engine. It got drove like next to nothing uh, throughout its life. It spent most of its life parked, actually. Uh, But I tried selling this truck three times, uh, and it took three tries before it actually sold. I remember my first time selling it, uh, I tried selling it for seven grand. Uh, yeah, it says what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I I had no idea what about cars or anything. But uh, and so obviously I didn't sell it because seven thousand is a lot for a really old truck. Uh, second time, <laughs> second time I tried to sell it. I tried selling it for two grand, and it still didn't sell. Uh, which kind of ended up being a blessing because I got given a car, and then I crashed said given car, so I had to drive the truck again, anyways. Um, but like i remember looking at my truck like after the first time of trying to sell it i was like man like how could nobody want this truck like it's it's an absolute beauty like it's next to pristine condition there's a little bit of like surface rust and a little extra character but it's a great truck and the thing is like my view uh on the value of my truck was skewed because you know it was mine And, you know, I can look at it and I can say it's perfect. I think a lot of us do that with our own possessions, too. We tend to to base the value higher because uh, of what it means to us. And so, you know, if I can be honest, sometimes I kind of feel the same way when it comes to my relationship with God. Uh, Like sometimes I can feel like I'm the not so optimistic buyer of God, so to say. Like I can look at his proverbial Facebook marketplace posting if i could put it like that uh of like what it is he's offering like eternal life and life and all this stuff and uh i'm not so optimistic because it i'm not actually certain if god is as trustworthy sorry as trustworthy as i think he is uh and i think especially in a season like this uh where there's a lot of questions floating around and there's a lot of uncertainty and, you know, people are losing their jobs and money is becoming a hard thing. Toilet paper. I don't know why that was a thing, but toilet paper is becoming harder and harder to find. And, uh, people are dying and it's kind of easy to, uh, in a season like this, to, to ask that question, like, God, like, where are you in this? Like, do you, where, like, what are you doing about this? And I look at people like John the Baptist from the verse that I read before. And, uh, it's, he's kind of hard to wrap my head around, and this is why. And it says in Luke chapter 1 and verse 15, it says, For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit before he is born. He will bring back many of many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and in the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of, uh, of the righteous. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord, so there's a lot of things that's that's said about John in this and the the first one and the one that kind of sticks out to me the most, and this is not like super important, but it's kind of a cool aside uh it says you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit before birth. And this was at a point in time where there was probably like a handful of people uh, who would have been labeled as prophets who were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the only way uh, at this point somebody could be filled with the Holy Spirit was if it was like physically passed down onto another person. And so basically like they're saying John is going to have this when he's born, which is crazy and almost quite frankly unheard of second one being, uh, bringing Israelites back to their God, uh, three, turning the hearts of the parents back to their kids. Uh, and fourth, his job was essentially to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. And you want all of these things they they happened, uh, which is crazy. And so like, you can look at this and be like, okay, his life is only going to get better and better from here. Right. And so we continue reading on in his story and, uh, he baptizes Jesus, which is like, he baptizes the Messiah. So that's probably like the peak of his life right there. I mean, it would be wild if I got to baptize Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, but we continue reading and it says John gets arrested. And then he gets imprisoned by a king named Herod. Uh, because John had called him out for a sin and Herod got mad at him for it. And so he imprisoned him. And then he later beheaded him. Basically on a dare you could boil it down to. But it confuses me because you think a guy like Eli or sorry, like uh, John, with all these gifts and stuff, and all the things that he did, he would, he would go out in a better way, you know, like maybe a sick like chariot of fire like Elijah did with like flaming horses and stuff, or like at least something better than like getting beheaded by some insecure king on a power trip. <laughs> uh, while in prison, though, John uh, sent out his disciples to Jesus. Uh, and he said this to him, uh, he said this to his disciples to say to him, uh, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? You know, it's not certain why John is asking this question. Some scholars think uh, he didn't actually believe Jesus was the Messiah, um, which would have been fair. Uh, some scholars think uh John was upset with Jesus because, uh, everybody thought at this point that the Messiah was supposed to take out the Roman empire, take over the political side of the empire. But, uh, I don't think John was, I think, um, I think he was sending his disciples out, uh, to get them to ask Jesus so they could see it for themselves who he really was. And, you know, I've definitely had times where I've been frustrated with God. I wouldn't have blamed John for being upset. And, uh, I've definitely had times where I've been frustrated with God. I can't even count how many times uh, I could think of like, man, if I just had this in my life or if I had just had this thing. And I think especially in a season like this, it, it, a lot of those things kind of come up like, man, if God would just do this, if God like would just get rid of this Corona thing so I could go hang out with my friends, man, if I could just go back to school, man, if I could just work, you know what, man, if God actually just kind of cared about the people in my life who are dying right now, you know, that would be great. And he does. Uh, And so I got three points that I want to make today, Uh, and the first one, uh, uh, sorry, the three points that I want to make about things that we try to do in seasons like this. And the first one is we try to get out. Uh, I think when uh, seasons like this hit and they're unexpected uh, and they feel more extreme than what we're used to and they kind of push us out of our comfort zone, uh, we start asking those questions like, man, does God actually care? Or is he actually going to help? Is he, is he going to be here? Uh, there's this quote by Stephen Furtick that says, Are you so busy asking God to get you out that you miss the fact that God is trying to get in?" I think it's easy to get focused on what it is that we don't have. Or what's going wrong in our lives or the things that we need that we don't have. Uh, that we, we miss what it is we still have. Uh, and we miss what it is that God is trying to do in this season. In our in, in the moments when we feel like we don't have enough, we, we miss that God is trying to do more than what we can see. And God still moves. Number two, we try to do it ourselves. Uh, Jen Knox once said, she's an author and uh, a writing coach, and she said, when we get comfortable with our own strength, discomfort changes shape. and We, re- we remember our power which is to say that when it seems like we've arrived at a place where we're self-sustainable, life happens a little more and we become uncomfortable and we realize that we're not all that powerful in ourselves and we can't handle it all. In Acts chapter 17, it says from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. He marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he's not that far from one of us. For in him, we live and move and have our being. You know, with respect to this verse, and even the challenge that comes our way, he knew, like he knew this season would be challenging. He knew it was coming. He he sees everything that is going to happen. Uh, and he allows a lot of things to happen uh, in hopes that we would turn to him. You know, I don't know if you've, Ever bought a piece of furniture? Probably haven't. I mean, what well, a high schooler buys furniture? Maybe your parents bought furniture or something like that. But uh, maybe uh, like been in a situation where somebody's bought a piece of furniture, but it doesn't fit in their car because again, they have a Honda Civic that they're trying to sell for seven thousand um, dollars. So what do you do? You you ask them, you ask the company or the person selling it to deliver it, or you get someone to, to deliver it. Uh, and they give you a receipt for for said delivery you pay for it And then they give you a piece of paper saying this is when it's going to be delivered And so you go home and you you tell your family about this awesome couch that you bought It's got all the cup holders. It can fit four to six people uh, And it's super comfy and what are they going to say to you? Where's the where's the couch and you're gonna hold up the piece of paper and say this is it here It is and they're gonna be confused because you can't fit four to six people on that and there's no cup holders <laughs> Uh, but that receipt isn't the couch itself. It is the representation of what the couch company said that they're going to do for you. And I think faith is the proverbial receipt that represents the promises that God has made to us, uh, and that he will deliver to you. And, uh, more than that, it's going to look better than what, uh, what we originally paid for. And I think at a season like this, we need to be reminded and remind ourselves who God is. Uh, and even amidst the pain and the confusion and the stress of a season like this, God is still in control. And so my last point here, number three, uh, we try to hold on for dear life. Uh, I was recently on the phone with my grandma uh, a couple days ago. My, uh, my grandpa is actually uh, terminally ill. He's actually within a few days of passing. And I was talking to my grandma and uh, she was she it was like the weirdest conversation ever when I'm talking to her and she she's like we're we're both so at peace with uh with all of this and she starts using words like like wonderful and like amazing and stuff like this talking like within respect to my grandpa's death and uh, I just couldn't wrap my head around it she says to me she says logan i've been married to your grandpa for 66 years and my parents uh your grandpa's parents before they they had terrible marriages you like your grandpa's parents they ended up in divorce my my mom ended up being terminally ill at a younger age and so they didn't get to live as long but she said 66 years and it's beautiful and she said uh she said, your grandpa was talking to God a couple, like a month ago, uh, just about life. And he, he said, you know what, Jesus, I'm ready to come home whenever it is. I'm ready. And to be in that place where it's just like life, like death is, isn't, isn't an obstacle anymore. Like it's, it's not a fear or a worry or something we even try to hold on to. Like death isn't the end, but it's like the step, the next step in towards eternity. You know, and I think a lot of us are affected in different ways by the season. Some of us are experiencing that kind of loss with relatives or even experiencing loss with jobs or finances. And some of us even in the season are very uncomfortable because we have to come face to face with the things that we kind of put on the back burner uh, and we kind of like cover up with day-to-day life. But can I tell you today that there's there's a peace that goes beyond whatever it is you may be facing today. That there's a God who is with you in every moment. and uh, he, He's not distant. He's not sitting on the sidelines waiting for you to figure it out, but he's in it with you. This is a season where those of you, I believe, who are even asking those bigger questions about God, I think you'll find those answers. Because this is a moment, this is a season where life literally has kind of gotten shut down on us and all we got is that spare time. And so I feel like this is a season where God is going to be speaking to a lot of you who, who maybe haven't heard him at all or maybe have been distant from him for a while. I don't think this is a season where we're going to be moving backwards in life, even though it may seem like it with a lot of the loss that's happening. But I believe this is a season where we're going to be moving forward. Uh, even when it seems impossible, uh, we can still make that proverbial purchase of God and we can have faith that we're going to get more than what we bargained for. You know, and it's kind of funny when we begin to take those steps of faith and when we, when we begin to say, you know God, I don't got it figured out. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what to do. There's, this world's on fire right now. I don't know what to do. And we begin to put our trust in God and put our worries in God. Uh, then our our problems become smaller. Our focus becomes less on what we're dealing with and more about the people uh, around us. And it becomes our focus becomes what it is God's doing and what He wants to do. Uh, in Philippians it says. Uh, cast all your cares on God because he cares for you. And it says, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough of its own worries, but worry about today. Focus on what's happening right now. You know, I want to get to the point that some, someday where I'm kind of like, oh, where I'm like my grandparents, where, you know, the only things that matter in life are, are God and family and people. I think uh, I, I had a friend of mine tell me, Long time ago, he said the only things that really matter in life, and he said uh, the order in which life works is God, family, and at work. And I think we tend to get those confused sometimes. We kind of tend to to focus on the things that don't matter as much, and we kind of tend to put our priorities in the wrong order. We ca- we focus on work and money and finances, and we focus on a lot of things, and we kind of forget that um, God is still in control. And we don't have to wait to be relieved of stress or worry. We could begin to live like that now. We can begin to put our hopes on God again, and we could begin to believe in God again. We can pray and believe for that now. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna end with us in prayer. Dear God, I thank you for today. I thank you that you are faithful. Uh, I thank you that even though seasons like this are hard and unexpected, And they cause a lot of stress and anxiety lord you are still willing you are still caring to move you're not done lord seasons like this don't stop you you're still willing to move and god uh, i pray for peace on those who are just filled with anxiety and stress right now for those who are facing hard things lord i pray that you will come lord you'll come and move and you'll speak like only you can in your name amen well, awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Logan. Uh, good word, buddy. I'll do the air air pound. We didn't touch Nori. Uh, thank you, Jamin. Uh, if you're sitting at home, uh, thank you for for joining us. And I want to say thank you to Mike, Micah and all our tech team, James Johnson. We got James Martinson, everyone in the house just helping us out to be able to do this and bring this to you guys. We hope you enjoyed it um we'll be back next week right Micah we'll be back next week it's gonna be a good time uh, we've got some more good times coming your way uh, thank you again Logan if that spoke to you, you guys can uh, you guys can reach out to, to myself or Logan uh, if you ever have any questions about uh, you know anything that you're you're thinking about or struggling with and uh, feel free uh, to message us on Instagram if you have our numbers uh, you can zoom us whatever you want we love you guys and we'll see you next week.